0: You're listening to the Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in Saint Pete. We come alive as we are filled with the Living Word, a truth that lies, so we can fully rest in your truth. Yeah, yeah.
1: You gotta learn to trust God. And if you give him what little you have and honor him with what little you have, listen, he will take care of you. You can trust him. I have to move beyond my motive and focus in life being physical and financial. Deuteronomy 8 talks about the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites. And God tells them there, I led you, and I caused you to hunger, and I caused you to thirst, and I took you through some very
0: difficult circumstances in life to teach you that man does not live on bread alone. Growth in Christian maturity is sometimes very slow because believers tend to focus on circumstances instead of spiritual matters. Pastor Danny challenges you to evaluate where your focus is at today. Take your focus off what you need physically and turn to God instead. Learning to trust God in all things is foundational to your faith. If you can learn to give Him your whole life and trust Him with it, He will provide all you need. And as you focus on Him and seek His kingdom first above other needs, He will faithfully provide. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Mark, Chapter 8, as he begins his message, Challenges to Christian Growth and Maturity.
1: Mark's Gospel chapter 8 is where we are. Mark chapter 8 and verse 1. During those days another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Imagine that, three days. Those were some important and very interesting meetings for you to hang around for three days and no food. If I send them home hungry... They will collapse on the way because some of them have come from a long distance. His disciples answered, but we're in this remote place. Can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Not a McDonald's on the corner. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. And I think they didn't know right away. They have to count. So they go and they count. They come back. And they, We got seven. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them. And gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also, and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. And that's interesting. Everybody ate all they wanted. Everybody's full. Afterward the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About four thousand men were present, not including the women and the children. That's a lot of people. Seven loaves and a couple of fish. That's a lot of people. And having sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples, and he went to the region of Dalmanutha. Now, verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. This is so ironic. There's signs happening all over the place, like the feeding of thousands of people. But they're ignoring the obvious. And so Jesus says, as he sighs deeply, why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? Because you're getting them all over the place. I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it because you're ignoring the obvious. And then he left them, got back into the boat, crossed to the other side. Now, verse 14 is very interesting. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread. They had seven seven baskets left over from the feeding of the thousands. And they forgot to bring bread. Uh, bread except for one loaf they had one loaf that was with them in the boat and then jesus said be careful watch out for the yeast of the pharisees and that of Herod." so they huddle up they discussed this with one another and they said because we haven't got any bread we forgot to bring bread aware of their discussion jesus asked him why are you talking about having no bread why are you talking about having no bread Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Now, when I think of a hard heart, generally I think of somebody that's really gone into blatant sin, but that's not what he's talking about here. Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? That's kind of like a rebuke, isn't it? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? You can see him begin to think. Twelve. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, Seven. And he said to them, Do you still not understand? Back in Mark chapter seven, Jesus is trying to teach them that it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of a man. And there... They don't get it. You know what he says to them there? (laughs) Get this. Jesus says to his disciples, these are his hand-picked leader guys. This is the starting team, okay? All right? He says, are you so dull? Let me say that again. He says, are you so dull? What he's saying is, you're not very sharp, are you? Writer to the Hebrews in chapter 5, he says to the crowd, he says, I wanted to talk to you guys about some mature things, but I couldn't because you're slow to learn. Growth in the Christian life usually is very, very slow. Why? Because we ain't that sharp. I mean, when it comes to spiritual things, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul the Apostle addresses the church at Corinth. Now, here's a church with a lot of activity going on, and they got a lot of spiritual gifts being manifest. But Paul says to them, I wanted to address you as spiritual, but I couldn't. I had to address you as unspiritual. Carnal is the word. What was going on there, despite all the spiritual manifestations and the giftings that were happening, they were living in in such a way that it wasn't on a spiritual plane. It was still on the earthly plane. They were were fighting with one another. They were dividing over leaders that one said, I'm going to give with this guy, and I'm with this guy, and I'm with this guy. And then the spiritual group said, well, we're of Christ. They were actually suing one another. Christians taking one another to court. Paul rebukes him and says, Don't you realize all things are yours? What in the world are you fighting over the stuff here for? You got better and more lasting possessions. But they were living on this physical plane, and that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Listen, the first step in the Christian life is to go beyond, go beyond the focus on the physical and get into more of the spiritual. That's a great challenge. And we're we're just not all that sharp. I'm including me in that. I'm not as dull as some of you. (laughs) Are you so dull? (laughs) (laughs) It's such a challenge. It's such a challenge. When he says, are your hearts hardened? Pause here. Go back to Mark chapter 6 because Mark chapter 6 records for us the feeding of the 4,000, not including women and children. This was the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark 8, but not long before, he fed another several thousand people. And after he feeds them, and I'm not going to go through the story, after he feeds them miraculously, just like he does in Mark chapter 8, verse 45, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, uh, going ahead of him to Bethsaida. Uh, he goes up um, and he's on a mountain praying. In the middle of the night, they haven't made it to the other side, they're, they're in a storm And if you know the story, Jesus comes walking in the middle of the night on the water in the midst of the storm. They think he's a ghost at first. They think they're going to die. And then he says, don't be afraid, it's me. He gets into the boat. He gets into the boat, verse 51, climbed into the boat with him, and the wind died down. And they were completely amazed. But here's what you want to see. They were completely amazed. Listen, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts... We're hardened. Again, when I think of a hard heart, naturally I think it's somebody in a blatant sin. But again, that's not what he's talking about here. Their hearts were hardened because they had not understood the basic, the basic truth of Christianity. The basic understanding of God. And what is it? He loves you. And He loves you so much that He knows your needs. He knows you have needs. He knows you have physical needs. He knows you have financial needs. And guess what? If you'll trust Him, He'll take care of you. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to strive. He'll take care of you. We're talking about a God, when things don't work out naturally, He will work in your life and on behalf of your life, listen to this, supernaturally. Widow in the Old Testament, prophet is sent to the widow. The widow is told, hey, make something for the prophet first, and then for you and your destitute child. And they are destitute. She's going to make her last meal and think we're just going to die. But she does what the word of God through the prophet says, and by faith she makes something for the prophet, and then God multiplies for her and her child, miraculously. That's what God does. Don't miss the point here that in both the miraculous feedings, they give what little they have to Jesus. They give it to Jesus. Jesus lifts it up to the heavenlies, thanks the Father for it, gives it back to the disciples, and that's when it multiplies. If you just give what little you have to him and trust him, if you'll trust him. It's the basics of the Christian life. It's the basic understanding of God. He loves you. But a lot of you, I've been teaching you for years. You've you, you got, you got some good Bible knowledge. So, so just for a moment, just for a moment, let's go a little deeper. The feeding in Mark chapter 6 is a Jewish crowd. The feeding in Mark chapter 8 is a Gentile crowd. The feeding in Mark 6, how many basketfuls left over? Twelve, Jewish apostles distributing to a Jewish crowd, and there are 12 basketfuls, and the Greek word is very interesting because it's, a, it's like a lunchbox-sized basket. It's like a personal lunchbox for each one of the 12 disciples, each one of the 12 apostles, right? Each one of them gets a personal leftover after they ate and were satisfied and everybody else eats and they're satisfied. The Gentile feeding in Mark chapter 8, it's a different Greek word for the leftovers. There were seven, seven hamper size baskets left over. Now God doesn't do anything by accident. This is not an accident. There's something here. There's a message here. What is it? Again, let's go a little bit deeper. When you go to Romans chapter Eleven, Romans chapter eleven. I'm just doing this for the sake of the very mature ones, and then we're going to go back to some basics. All right, all right. Romans chapter eleven talks about um, the blindness of the Israelites, the blindness of the Israelites, and the fact that because they have, as a whole, rejected their Messiah, and now the gospel is pretty much going out to the Gentile world, but. Verse 25, the Apostle Paul writes and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited and think that God loves you as a Gentile more than he loves the Israelites. No, 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 no. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. What he's saying there is when the last Gentile in the will of God is saved, something's going to happen with Israel. What is it? You go back up, chapter 11 of Romans, go back up to verse 15. If their rejection as a whole, they've rejected Jesus as the Messiah, is the reconciliation of the world, because now the gospel has gone out to the Gentile world, okay, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Resurrection. That's when the end happens. That's when the second coming of Jesus takes place. Now, again, for the ones that want to go a little deeper, Mark 6, Jewish crowd, 12 basketfuls, 12 is the number for Israel. You with me? It's a personal message to every one of the apostles. It's a personal message to the Jewish crowd, the Gentile crowd, seven hamper-like baskets. One of the reasons is there's a whole lot more Gentiles. But guess what? God's got enough. God's got enough for everybody, including all the Gentiles. Israel, just this little tiny dot on the globe, the Gentiles are the rest of the world. And seven, seven is not the number for Israel. Twelve is the number for Israel. Seven is the number of fulfillment, completion we got to move on, but listen, listen, listen. After six days of creation, God rested on the seventh day because it's done, complete. Israel marched around Jericho seven times. Seven priests blew seven trumpets. Revelation 2 and 3, there are seven letters to seven churches representing the church age. Revelation 5, 1, there's a seven-sealed scroll. Revelation 8, verses 1 and 2, the seventh seal, seven angels come out, stand before God. They're given seven trumpets. Revelation 15, 7, seven last plagues in which are fulfilled, the seven final bowls of God's wrath. Let me just read you Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Look, seven is the number of completion, fulfillment, and it's the fulfillment. We were in Romans 11, the last Gentile being saved, Jesus is coming back. And that's as deep as we're going to go. So that's for the mature saints, which are most of you here, I'm certain. But let's go back to the basic. God loves the Jew, He cares for the needs of the Jew. But God also loves the Gentile. And the apostles needed to learn that, and the Jewish crowd needed to learn that. God loves both. The prophetic message in the miraculous feeding is God's love and Jesus' ministry to Jew and Gentile for God so loved the world. The personal message in the miraculous feeding, both of them is God cares for man's needs. God cares. In Matthew chapter 6, listen to what Jesus said. Listen carefully. I tell you what, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you will wear. I used to worry about what I would wear, and then I got married, and my wife tells me what to wear now. (laughs) But he's not talking about fashion here. He's not talking about fashion. He's talking about needs, needs. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I've never seen a sparrow at an ATM machine. Are you not more valuable, much more valuable than they Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor, they don't spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little (laughs) faith! You of little faith! Are you so dull? Do you still not understand? So don't worry. Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Again, he's not talking about fashion. He's talking about needs of life. For the pagans run after all these things. Unbelievers. People who don't know God. That's what they do. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom. His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You You don't have to make that the goal in life. God will just do it. So, Here's the basics of the Christian life. Here it is. You've got to learn to trust God. And if you give Him what little you have and honor Him with what little you have, listen, He will take care of you. You can trust Him. I have to move beyond my motive and focus in life being physical and financial. Deuteronomy 8 talks about the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites. And God tells them there, I led you and I caused you to hunger and I caused you to thirst and I took you through some very difficult circumstances in life. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen, you see it in our prayer request. Look, I'm including me. I'm just as human as you. You see it in our prayer request. You see it, you you hear it, you know, and and the way we live life. and, And some people never move beyond this basic of the Christian life. They never go deeper. They never go deeper. You need to understand, you can trust God. He knows your need. He knows your need. And so get your focus off just the money, not just the physical and the financial. Get your eyes on heaven and be a good worker and be faithful and then let God take care of you first step in the Christian life and one of the greatest challenges because, look, Israel wandered for 40 years. I got scripture after scripture here that we don't have time to go into. Scripture after scripture. You read the book of Numbers and it goes through the accounts of the wilderness wanderings and pretty much every other chapter. Pretty much every other chapter, they're grumbling and they're complaining about life situation and life circumstances. They're not learning to trust God because when you learn to trust Him, then you stop worrying. Basic, basic, basic challenge of the Christian life that a lot of people never move beyond. Their focus is on physical and financial needs. (laughs) All right, I spent a lot of time on that, but there's a second point here. What did Jesus say? In Mark chapter 8, after the feeding, they forgot to bring bread. They discussed among themselves because Jesus said, Be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They huddle up and they go, Because we forgot to bring bread. And he goes, Are you so dull? <laughs> I'm not talking to you about bread. Look, I'm getting, we're talking beyond the physical here. I'm talking spiritual stuff now. All right. Talking more important stuff. I know you have needs, and don't you know that I'll take care of your needs? I just multiplied fish and bread, and I did it not just once, I did it twice. Hey, stop thinking about the bread. We got bread. We got plenty of bread. Even when you can't see it, we got it. So now you want to go deeper? You want to go deeper? Here's what he's saying Watch out! Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What's the use of the Pharisees? Well, I'm going to give you two emphases. One, uh, the, the east of the Pharisees, it's freedom from the love of money. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting transition from trusting God for your needs to now being free from the love of money. Why is it an interesting transition? I, I call it a tricky transition. Why? Because you learn to trust God even when you... Um, Even when it doesn't make sense financially to honor God with the little you have and he will provide for you supernaturally. And once you realize I have a supernatural God, (laughs) the authorities come to Peter. They say, does your master pay the temple tax? Peter's like, well, I'm sure he does. Yes. I don't think Peter had any money at that moment. I don't think Jesus had any at that moment. Well, yes, he does. He goes back where Jesus is. Jesus says, "Uh, Peter. Go catch a fish. First fish you catch, open his mouth. Peter goes out, catches a fish, opens the fish's mouth. Guess what's in the fish's mouth? <laughs> enough tax for him and Jesus. I've been wanting that to happen to me for years and years and years. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm still hopeful. <laughs> catch that big grouper, open his mouth. Honey, guess what happened? We got enough of the taxes. I mean, that's what happened though. It literally happened. And here's the tricky transition I got a God who can get my taxes out of a fish.
0: We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. More information can be found on our website. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? During this time of uncertainty in our nation, prayer is a powerful tool to combat fear and to promote peace in Jesus. Please pray that each person that hears these messages from the life of Jesus are touched and changed by His love. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living word? If you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church, and then click on the online giving guide under forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share this good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website, one more time, is ccfstbete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here on The Living Word.